to INS, the International News Service, your source for the most important weird news from across the globe, with news analyst Kevin Harrison, actor, comedian, and musician Mike Wiebe, and professional commentator Brian Camp. INS, the news you need. talk fast okay do you talk fast yeah but not as fast as a micro machines guy you talk I, super fast you put the micro machines guy script in front of me and then i'll show you how fast i can talk you used to sit in a room and just just practice talking fast and masturbating <laughs> <laughs> just furious the faster he talked the more pleasure yeah. he got out of that's it that's why they never that's why they never showed him below the waist in those micro machine mm-hmm. ads rock hard man what's that guy up to that must suck we, we, we talked about him like on a super early episode and I thought maybe, he was dead. Maybe he needs to come back on a get to know your podcast. But better. yeah, he's he Don Mashita, I think is his name and he's still mm. alive. I think he's retired. Well, aren't there like three micro machines guys? Isn't it one of those things? It's like no, he just talked as fast as three guys. Like, as soon as one gets too old, they kill him. It's like Minuto. Right. We start slowing down, <laughs> eliminate the micro machines man. He had a mustache, right? Yeah. Yeah, he had a mustache, yeah. and he wore like a track suit, like a like a race track suit, not yeah, like a yeah. ra- not a track suit, but a race. Not track. A, I gave up on life track suit. John Machida, like an Italian. I'm an Italian fella. Well, I hate to imply that I think all Italians have given up on life, but ouch. No, I I am <laughs> correcting something that was said a moment ago. Oh, okay. Or Mike labeled the Italian person as someone who huh? gravitates towards. The tracksuit. I crime. Is there a difference? <laughs> oh, that'll get you in trouble with the. They have a anti-Italian defamation league, right? It's the, yeah, the, the, no, it's probably the Italian anti-defamation yeah, league. Yeah, that's what probably it's called. Probably say that in the right in the right order. Well, so that existed. I know some about that because I saw a documentary on The Godfather, and they talked. They got into like Italian racism and stereotypes, and how the Italian anti-defamation league opposed that, and then it turned out. That the Italian Anti Defamation League got shut down because they had mob ties. Right. Typical. Kind of like, yeah. It's kind of like the, the union stereotype that they're corrupt. And then you find out that, oh no, there's there's an insane amount of corruption in unions that's been documented forever and is ongoing. INS is anti union. We're we can say that, right? Yeah, we hate, we hate the unions. No, no, no. We'll we're, we're with the workers what here. You worried? What? Unions aren't with workers? What are you kidding me? <laughs> I've been in unions too. Yeah, they love they love that shit. But yeah, mm-hmm. like uh, my my feeling with being in a union was we had skilled laborers who weren't necessarily skilled businessmen. Were they legitimate businessmen? As unions or people who were being... Uh, I mean, no, they were laborers. You know, oh, they got yeah. hired to go uh, build stages and shit. Huh. I yeah. ran the spotlight for Bono as a uh, union stagehand. Is that a euphemism for sucking them off? No. Okay. And that guy from, uh, sure. is it Candlebox? That's a band. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. That's a, that's a get to know your podcast. I don't we think can that's talk a get about to know Candlebox. your podcast. Candlebox. No, we can. Discovered by Madonna. Oh. Here we go. I know that. I know they were discovered by Madonna. Britain's own Madonna. The UK's first lady of pop. There's a new Madonna video. I don't know. It's it's black and white, and it's her now, and uh-huh. it's 
it's on the internet. It was making the rounds the other day, and it's her and like a real random cast of characters. It's like her and like a uh, probably a, a dancer and Jack Black and Amy Schumer and Lil Wayne and Judd Apatow. Are you just naming names? This seems made it up. It sounds like I am. It, it is that. It is that random, and it's all black and white, and they're. And they're talking about playing, they're playing truth or dare, like spin the bottle and truth or dare. And every time they cut to Madonna, like it's very clear that, that all the shots with her, somebody's like gone in and like digitally like fucked with her face Uh to make her seem more smooth. But it really just kind of makes her look blurry. And it's like this weird, (laughs) like black and white, like table scene with about 10 or 12 people and every time they cut to her, like, it's just this weird kind of like uh-huh. the camera got blurry and <laughs> they're playing truth or yeah. t- it's really because she's like, you know, she's like, she's almost 60, you know, I think she's over 60, isn't she? Yeah, I thought she, she was might over. be. Yeah. She might be. But she she also looks like, you know, she looks she's starting to look kind of like one of those like uh, 64 those uh-huh. ads. Uh, of like ah fucking when plastic surgery goes wrong you see those ads they're like the mm, pop-up ads oh, yeah. and it's always the, yeah. the two fucking twin brothers that look their face their faces look like cowardly oh, yeah. lion sort of thing it looks so on. weird yeah i know i know exactly you're talking about yeah. and they're just and it's just real weird like hey let's let's make out and then at the very end of the video uh like somebody goes madonna she goes dare and she goes i dare you to go on a world tour and play all your hits and she goes dare accepted it's weird because like i wouldn't want to go i don't mean like i just don't really care about madonna that much but like if somebody were to go like hey you want to go see madonna tomorrow i got free tickets and they're real good seats and i go no and they'll go i'll pay for all the booze then i go okay (laughs) <laughs> but like now I would be like, I don't know, man, it's going to be fucking corny and shit. This oh, I might I'd feel bad. I think, I think I would feel that. I don't know. There's gotta be, I don't know the word for it. I can't think of it. But when you, when you feel somebody else's embarrassment, kind of like it's a, uh, yeah, this doesn't seem like you should still be doing this. Not because yeah. and old people can do lots of things. But one thing old people can't do is not be old. Okay. Like yes. That's a very consistent thing. When you're old, you're old. like, I'm getting old. Older. I wouldn't say old quite yet. There's things. Oldish. There's things I can't do. Right. That, or without. Name one. Well, it's hard to think of one on the spot. I could definitely <laughs> go on a world tour and not raise any eyebrows. Yeah, that's true. Hey, do you guys think that those twins, the plastic surgery disaster twins, yeah. are this generation's? Fat guys on mopeds. Ooh, that's a good question. Well, they unlike the fat guys on mopeds who admitted to being fat guys on mopeds. Those plastic surgery twins (laughs) swear that they have never had plastic surgery. Like they've denied, (laughs) denied, denied. That's like the evolution of the weirdness, though. That's why that's okay. It would take a lot to trump the fat guys on mopeds, and they've done it by being one hundred percent delusional about their lives. So they're the new McGuire twins. Yes. Wrestle the rest of the famous wrestling McGuire's. Yes. Man. So Mike is has come out as anti Madonna. Is that what we're No, I don't know. I don't I don't know. I honestly I don't even know where I am with Madonna. Like it's I will um, say one one of our friends, we'll call him 
CP. Oh yeah. His wife, uh, Charlie pride, Charlie pride, our good friend and a podcast. Charlie, listener, Charlie pride. pride used to sing the recorded singing the national anthem at Arlington stadium before Texas Rangers games. Oh, it's put that in the trivia notebook. He was taking his wife to a Madonna concert. Like she was just going by herself and he was going to wait in the car. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, oh, uh, but she got a well, call sure. like that day, answered the call and they said, Hey, we've got two VIP Madonna tickets to give away. Do you want them? And she said, oh. yes. And so he went to the show and they were like right at the stage and he said it was just like, like even if you didn't care about her music, and this is ten years ago, but he said like sure. even if you didn't care about their, her music, it was just like this amazing spectacle. I bet. Oh, I, I, I do I'm into it. I yeah. do like a a spectacle show like yeah. that. That's pretty fun. Like, have you guys ever been to like a? I don't think any of us are seriously, at least not anymore, into monster trucks. Mike, what do you mean? Not anymore? I'm concerned that. Well, no, like like grave digger, grave digger, big, but like the like if if you guys. I've, I've had the chance to go to one and I went and it was a similar, just I'll never go again, but man, it's, it's fucking something to see. They put on yeah. a show for sure. And it is loud as fuck. Again, when I was in a union, one time my job was mm-hmm. to spread the mud onto a, a uh... Kevin's in the union, everybody union. Yeah. <laughs> union yes. <gasps> oh shit. We lost Mike. Michael. Michael, can you hear us? You know Come what? In. That's, that's the that's the podcast union cracking down because <laughs> we want to stay independent. This is what they do, Kevin. I'm not I'm not anti union. It just seems oh, yeah. like unions should have a a lifespan. Like I think when unions form, there's a great reason for a union to form, and I think they accomplish some very important things very quickly. And then it's that second generation of union involvement, and it just starts to rot. Like it's inevitable that human beings doing that are going to destroy it. I don't know. I mean, I think that we're at the point now where all the all the union busting we did in the '80s has really like paid off to the point where it's like there's no working class anymore. That's middle. It's also middle class. Yes. Wait. Is that did did, did it pay off? Uh, no. You, I don't know, man. Paid off for corporations, but not for the rest of us. Are you? Did you label me some sort of anti-union? No, uh, rabble rouser. Yeah. Well, a rabble rouser. <laughs> That is, which you know, mm-hmm. is the first rabble rouser. Who's that? That would be uh, the the Hamburglar rabble <laughs> rouser. <laughs> Welcome to the International News Service. We're your hosts. I'm Kevin Harrison, along with I'm Brian Camp. I'm Mike Weeby, and Mark Ryan's nowhere to be seen. I heard a rumor that he's going to be here next week. I'm not going to be here next week. So I heard there's going to be a big meeting. <laughs> oh shit! Held in yeah. secret without me. We're recording this at night in Mike's. In a dark room, yet he put sunglasses on. I think sunglasses that don't have ear pieces on them. Oh, it's which just makes them the future of sunglasses, maybe? Yeah, basically, I'm going to offer you two pills a red pill and a blue pill. If you take the blue pill, you uh-huh. continue your regular life. If you okay. take the red pill, okay. you put women in their place, you own a Camaro, and you practice kickboxing. <laughs> but if you take the blue pill wow your penis uh, starts to grow inside to your own body and you wow. only watch lifetime network tv but the red pill if the red pill if you take the red pill suddenly you have every steven seagal movie on vhs mike will the red pill rationalize my up to now numerous failings in life 
Red Pill will explain why all those stuck-up bees have been keeping you down. I'm in. Again, I'm wearing sunglasses that have no legs to connect to the ears. They just float <laughs> on my eyes. And they've stayed on. So what you're saying is that your nose is so big that the sunglasses just fit right on there. I'm not tightly. saying that, but I did. I will. Uh, I've been moving my windows around here because I got a couple uh-huh. more. Mon- I got like 11 monitors because... Mm-hmm. Wow. Because I took the red pill and I used to have just two <laughs> and then just all these other monitors started pop. You just get them when you red, get red wow. pilled. Oh, the other good thing is the, the red pill, you can bite on it. It's a gusher. <laughs> but I did, I did I, through my different monitors, I did have like a camera that was putting up. So I was looking in a different direction. I could see myself from a profile. And, uh, you know, sometimes I forget how large my nose is. And then I was reminded when I saw like a perfect profile view and I was like, Oh Jesus, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm lucky I can fucking go to sleep with my head horizontal and I don't die See, like the elephant man. Yeah, we don't, your nose that isn't is. really that big. It's pretty you, big. You have, but it's within proportion. I think that's what the listener needs to hear is that there is on the scale no, it, it, looks like nose, I, it looks like I've not exceeded the bounds of good taste. I've forgotten my okay. Groucho Marx glasses and fake mustache, it looks like. Like you're going to say something, some kind of ha-cha-cha or goodnight, miss who, whoever, wherever you are. Yeah, I do need a catchphrase, a nonsensical catchphrase. Mm-hmm. It's too late in life to get a nose job, though. Is it? I think I think that... Madonna got one. Yeah, well, I know, and now I'm not going to see her on tour. Okay. That, uh, well, now you've, you've well, hit upon I, well, something. Well, no, that's fine. She Maybe she did. I don't know if she did or didn't. She never did. That's crazy if she did. She didn't need one. That's the thing is, like, no. Madonna would be, like, super fucking hot without a single thing done on her face ever, you know? she's She, she was a pretty lady. Yeah. Italian. Yeah. Ma- Madonna Ciccone, we <laughs> called her back in the neighborhood. But That's true. I do think that, like... I don't know. I think it's too, there's just too much of me around with the big nose to get a smaller one. Oh, it would be like the lady from Dirty Dancing. Yeah, oh, a little bit. Yeah. Jennifer Gray, I think is her Nobody name. Nobody recognize Jennifer her anymore, Gray. yeah. Who's yeah. really hot with her bigger nose, I thought. Yeah. Ferris Bueller's sister. I would like to get, and I'll say this publicly, I would like to get the, on my left, under, I'm starting to get a saggy thing under my left eye. Oh no! Yeah. But between your eyebrow and your and your eyeball, uh-huh. it's just like especially in the morning, I look like Rocky at the end of the movie Rocky, or sometimes <laughs> I look like Rocky at the end of the movie Mask. It's so puffy. <laughs> that's it. That's for the old people. That joke. That is. That's solid. Eric Stoltz. Yeah. So do you? Do you? Are you saying you? You might have. At a stroke, or is it oh, just yeah. normal hooded eyes? No, no, it's that thing where, like, uh, I can't remember. There's a name for it. It's like I've always heard it called hooded eyes. Hooded eyes, exactly. I've got hooded eyes. Come see the age between you and I. Nothing. Okay. Um, no, no, I don't. No, I didn't I deserve anything. I can't it's join fun. in. It's fun. <laughs> Yeah, we, we were working on where oh, a chorus should, you know. Well, I said Jennifer Grey, and then I just sang a song from Dirty Dancing, a parody. I just feel like I uh, deserve a thousand dollars. Was that in Dirty Dancing? 
I thought all the Dirty Dancing songs were Hungry yeah, Eyes, songs. Yeah. sung by Patrick Swayze, sung oh. by Patrick Swayze himself. Is there any chance that it was on the soundtrack, but not in the movie? It was definitely in the movie. Okay, because they did that sometimes, right? Didn't they like throw on some bonus songs or try to sometimes? Patrick Swayze's dead. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, you got that one right, Brian. Mm-hmm. Good Texas man. Also from Texas. You might even say, but he is dead. But you know what? He might be a ghost. Oh, I got, I got that one. Explain it to me. There's a movie. He was in a movie called Ghost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He put and the, and he played a ghost. Seriously, oh. Kevin, it's it's, it's freaky. It's oh, it sounds freaky because sometimes you see him and sometimes you don't. Yeah. And so it's like, God, oh. it's like really a ghost. I don't know how he acted invisible like that. I'm going to make a Buzz BuzzFeed article that's 12 times the movie Ghost predicted the future. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Now I want to see a series of Mike Weebies. <laughs> 12 times just random shit predicted the future. I love those articles. Yeah. So this week... We've got two news stories, an update on a story we covered in a past episode, and Mike has a new story for us in Get to Know Your Podcast. So our first story comes to us from CBS News. Oh, they haven't, they haven't, I didn't know they had a news division. The Columbia Broadcasting System. Interesting. So, I did not know that they did that. I thought they just had designing women. And wings. No, that was NBC. Shit. Well, somebody's got a so report on the designing women. Major dad. Oh. Gerald McRaney from Simon and Simon. Yes, and Major Dad. So this first story is an update. And uh, we first covered this back in episode 85, which if you haven't listened, go check it out. We had Shane Torres on that episode. It's a pretty good one. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. we talked about how Geico was ordered to pay a Missouri woman $5.2 million because in 2017, she'd gotten HPV while having unprotected sex with her then-boyfriend in the back of a car, and at the time, he had been insured by Geico. She filed a personal injury suit in arbitration, which Geico ignored, and the arbiter ultimately awarded the woman $5.2 million. But earlier this month, that was a good but, wasn't it? But... Which is but and that which is the same place that he fucked her. Ooh, cannot confirm. Oh man, excited Mike jumping in. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the greatest things ever. Cannot confirm or deny. But earlier this month, the Missouri Supreme Court unanimously overruled the finding. Basically, what happened was that the woman sent every required notice to Geico, and Geico chose to ignore the notices. Once the woman got the award, Geico then tried to appeal the case, but the appeals court denied this, saying Geico had a chance to defend itself at arbitration and chose not to. But the Missouri Supreme Court said this was wrong, and Geico should have had a chance to weigh in on the matter, so the case was sent back to the lower appeals court. INS will keep you posted if anything further happens in the backseat HPV lawsuit case. What? So what Man. does that mean? She's not going to get no money? I mean, she... Well, they sent it to the to the appeals court. You can't really... A rehearing. It's really... Like, okay, so this is what's really stupid. One, you're not really supposed to be able to appeal an arbitration anyway. And two, if this was the woman appealing and not Geico, I promise you the Missouri Supreme Court would be like, sorry, you had your chance. You, tried, you chose not to take it. Well, it could be procedural too. I think that there's there's lots of things that are otherwise foreclosed to people, and there's remedies available to them in extreme circumstances. And it could be that the court said, "This is such a this is is such uh -huh. a a shift in 
liability. I would assume. I don't know, but yeah, certain, no, his his policy I think, premises liability. I think his maximum uh, that it would be liability was a million dollars, and so this was five point two. Right. But again, they chose not to show. Like they knew how much they were being sued for and chose not to show up. Right, but I mean, if that's the case, then there needs to be some kind of remedy if the arbitrator awarded outside the bounds of what is at risk in arbitration. I mean, you can't do that either. It's not like a judge can't say, I'm mad, so I'm going to do something outside what is already contractually specified. And they would have to have a way to hear that. Yeah, but there, right? I mean, there, are, there are reasons why uh, you can go above... I guess I don't want to get too into the weeds here, but I know that in Texas, if the liability is clear in a case and an insurance company denies coverage or delays, 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 then you can get damages above the maximum of what your uh, policy says. But is that in the, is something that an arbitrator can do or do you have to find remedy in the courts for that? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a personal like, injury lawyer. Don't call me with your parking tickets, speeding tickets, or personal injury issues. I don't think that counts as advertising. The arbitrators—they're the—they're the weird aliens from Halo, right? Yes, yes that's correct. Yes, the arbitrator—that's the guy who lives on the moon in Marvel Comics, right? That's Uatu, what? the Watcher. That's Uatu. <laughs> is this true? This is not a character I'm familiar with. I'm uh, Uatu, the Watcher. He looks like a big. He looks like a big bald bobblehead, and he watches. Yeah. he's wearing like kind of kind of ancient Greek clothes, but I think they're kind of more flared. He's kind of dressed like a toga. Yeah, like one of the Green Lantern guys. That's DC, Brian. They got. Oh, I thought you said DC. No, this is Marvel. I really. Did. I'm sorry. I apologize. I've That's made a huge mistake for the listener. I'm being looked at like. Can I? Can I say something to the time. listener? Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We wasted your time for the last couple seconds. <laughs> With someone who doesn't right. know canon, I mean, there, right. there, and, and, and listen, I mean, there is, there have been a handful of DC Marvel crossover events, very few, right? But I assure mm-hmm. you, the Watcher was not involved in any of them, to my knowledge. Now, I'm going to put a bounty out if any listener can produce evidence that there is some, in some way, shape, or form, there has been a crossover. I will reward you with a crisp five dollar gift certificate to the fast food restaurant of my choice if there has been a, a, a crossover where there's a the, the watcher showed up or a crossover at all yeah a crossover a that could conceivably include by reference or some other incorporation include the watcher i mean the watcher's always and, watching the earth from the moon so well sounds like you're already giving up kevin it sounds like you've already conceded my point so maybe i don't even need to <laughs> reward anyone with it. Maybe I should give you a $5 gift certificate to a fast food joint. <laughs> I've been proven correct. For the listener, I've been vindicated. I don't, I don't think I that's... appreciate you standing by me in these troubling times. I don't I don't think <laughs> that that's vindicated. The watcher that's has ever been involved in any one hundred percent. It feels I, so good right now. No, it's not. It's I, not. After struggling through this, it feels no, so good. We have to see. Listen, I will track <laughs> down the crossover, the DC Marvel crossover that came out in the I don't know the like mid nineties. And if the Watchers in and there, is that the only time that's happened, uh-huh. I, I'll I will do the research. Let's do the yeah, do do your own I'll research. Do, I'll do my own research. Our that's our slogan, right? Is that our slogan? Yeah, that's our slogan. Do the research. Do yeah, well, your own we research. 
I don't think that's research. our slogan. I'm the one doing the research. I'm the only no, researcher. This is our slogan. Do well, your no. own. It's an INS official slogan. Do your uh-huh. own research. Rand yeah. Paul forever. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely not our our. our I don't. That sounds like us, though. That sounds, sounds like, like it doesn't sound anything like us. Our our long-standing political <laughs> leanings. Well, so this didn't we decide back in episode what was it eighty-five with Shane uh, that that this was there was a chance here, a very good chance, perhaps uh, that that all of this was a setup to try to do an in run on Geico to to have them pay. Like this wasn't like there was whether they should whether they screwed up or not. That perhaps this wasn't really ever a legitimate claim, and it was just a a strike claim or a strike suit of some kind. That was Geico's allegation: is that she and the boyfriend just went like, "Well, they didn't show up. I'm gonna get a, I'm gonna get five million dollars. Is that okay with you?" And that the arbitrator just went along with that, which doesn't quite seem right to me either. But I'm, right. I don't know. Does the He's boyfriend get any money? paid off? Are they still together? No, they're not a couple. They've been a couple since uh, 2017. When he gave her, do you think she got the HPV from just regular sex or from the butt fucking? (laughs) Well, that's 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 a good question, Mike. The 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 court documents do not make that clear. They don't do they? Is there anything in Geico rules about butt fucking versus regular front fucking? Well, the Geico Geico policy will cover their their argument, which again should have been made in arbitration, was that they're only liable for the normal use of a car and that having sex in a car is not the normal use of a car. But I know a lot that of people, is normal though. Yeah. But, but fucking isn't no, but fucking isn't normal, but yeah. oh, it depends well, on but, where the penetration occurs. Some people it is Michael. Yeah, Kevin. Yes. No, but fucking on top of a car is normal. Oh, uh, I see. But okay. fucking in a car is not normal. According uh, okay. to, okay. According to North American car fuck laws. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That is an amazing. That is my favorite treatise. Hey, Kevin, can can you off the top of your head? Can you can you list off the types of sex that Geico traditionally will cover? Yeah. No, I can't. Huh. Did huh. it? I'm going to ask you this. Did it possibly get shortened to boofooing? Do they call it boofooing uh, instead of butt fucking? Do they accidentally call it boofooing? And maybe there's some sort of a language, like you know, like what? Let's define boofoo. <laughs> Because it's not like it's like pornography. It's uh-huh. like it's like I know it when I see it. But when you say boofooing, it's like, well, is that is that is that full on gaping? Is that <laughs> is that spitting? Is oh, it or Michael. is it just uh, gently 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 probing? Hard hitting questions. I I I can't say that. Court documents just said that they had sex. That's very vague. Well, that could be a lot vague. of things, though. That's vague, Brian. Yeah. The uh, yeah. the watcher appears in Dark Side versus Galactus colon The Hunger Volume Eleven, which is a Marvel and DC uh, crossover. Yeah. Oh Brian's man, saying, I just <laughs> oh, it feels so good. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh guys, but I, I think oh. it's I, I think it's difficult oh. to call him one of those Green Lantern guys. Oh. He's oh. not a Green oh. Lantern guy, boy. You know. You work you you work in this life for so long, and you know, there's doubters, there's detractors, there's people that just don't believe that want to bring you down. They do everything they can to crush you under the weight of their thumb. They call you names. They look at look at you like a fool. And when you're finally finally objectively proven, they have to admit 
they're 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 falsely they're duplicity they're lies it feels so good I'm it just feels really good right now, now guys and all it, it looks like the watcher's only line of dialogue is i'm not one of those green lantern guys i'm shaking my head slowly concerned that my vindication's built on a lie <laughs> i just think that yeah i mean i do i really do think that this is a legal loophole it's just slippery. It's just it's and the it's, case before us, the Geico case. Just, no, I just the, like getting getting that getting that in that counting as a win for him is some <laughs> fucking slippery, <laughs> slippery shit. It's just some like it's just like trying to hold a fucking uh, you got you got greased up hands and you're trying to hold an eel and it's just mm. slipping all around. Mm-hmm. And somehow through the sheer force of my will. I've been able to cling to that eel. I, I feel Feels like good. the only solution to this, guys, is arbitration. Well, just don't don't answer any letters. If you get anything <laughs> in the mail certified, ignore it. I will show up. We know from a few episodes ago that Mike is not afraid to show up when he feels he's in the right. And that he's always won those those cases when he got a ticket for littering mm-hmm. for throwing a, an apple core at a cop. True. I didn't throw it at the cop. <laughs> I threw it I threw it at a bush. Uh-huh. I would like to throw it at the cop. That, I like that story, Mike, just because it's one that does stick out. And I feel like it's a good example to use. Uh, and maybe an example that people have used before to explain things you can do and things, you, you know, just because you can't, I guess you, just because you can't do something you shouldn't, that doesn't mean you should do something. Yeah. But the spirit of the law versus the letter of the law. Uh-huh. I mean, I guess you could argue that an Apple Corps is litter under some you know very broad definition of refuse or something else but that was a that was a wrong you were wrong do you know the name of that officer don't <laughs> if you do don't don't I'm i don't curious. i don't yeah let's put it out there we, we can do that right well oh, just yeah. like encourage like people he, to he is the face of acab <laughs> <laughs> anytime you see that spray painted in a in a or 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 like scrawled in a bathroom. Mm-hmm. Know that that's who they're talking about. Okay, it's, their logo should be uh, an apple core. That should Ooh. be the internationally, if not nationally, recognized symbol of concerns about police oppression. Should be an apple. Uh, you know that guy. Oh no, he's probably. Right. I I I whooped his ass in court. <laughs> If you if you Did think about up? it, no, he didn't show up. But I would I would have. <laughs> he was afraid. I'm sure he was embarrassed too. I mean, he should have been. That's an embarrassing thing to do, a petulant, childish thing to do, just because you can, and that should be okay. acknowledged. Hey, Kevin. Yes. So I think before I know we need to move on, but I just want to get one thing clear in my mind. Cause I'm, I'm still the, the guy got thing, 10 seconds. I feel like we're going to need another update on this down the road to see right. how this all finishes out. Because also at this point beyond arbitration, they've gone to an appeals court and in this guy go. So their lawyers ain't cheap. I would think. Right. And then they appealed that ruling. They've up got their to, in-house counsel. Yeah. But, uh, but for litigation, they probably outsourced yeah, that outsource. is my guess. Yeah. That's what most places do. I, th- I think or so I've heard. And it would, they went to the Missouri Supreme court, right? right. Missouri. I, Missouri. You're right. They've got to be getting close in total man hours yeah. of time to like, they're approaching. It would have been cheaper just to pay the money 
or at least to offer like, hey, we'll we'll drop it if we, if you'll take half, right? They still could negotiate that settlement, right? Prior to going to the prior to going to arbitration, she offered them a million dollars, which was the total of his insurance, and they again wouldn't acknowledge it, just ignored it. It is she. It, she did not do from a notice perspective anything she should not have done. It sounds like Geico tries to take care of their problems the Mike Weeby way. <laughs> just ignore it. Just hide under some coats. Just let it. Just ignore it. It'll it'll go hide away. Hide under some coats, and eventually it might go away. So our next story comes to us from the Guardian. Ooh. Oh, where are the Garden? Galaxy. Uh, no, that's coming out. Yes, soon. the Galaxy. That might be one of the only upcoming Marvel movies that I think I'm pretty. Ex- I would say I'm I'm excited to see. I think that's going to be good. Oh, uh, yeah. Or maybe I'll just be hugely disappointed. The title for this episode is just going to be a string of Marvel characters. Oh, yeah. We are talking a lot about Marvel. Aren't talking. All right. Moff Tarkin. I'm not. I'm. Grand Moff Tarkin. <laughs> yeah. Another Disney property. Um, I am yeah. done speaking for there's a while. A, there's an Ant-Man movie coming out, but I'm still boycotting until they change his name to Ants-Man because his power is to control ants. Uh-huh. It's not so much the power of it. He doesn't have any ant powers. Ants can't get bigger or smaller and they're not like strong and shit when they're, I mean, I guess they're okay. kind of strong when they're, when they're small and they are small, but they're strong for what they are. But his power is controlling a whole bunch of ants. Unlike Spider-Man who has the powers of a spider and until fucking Disney and Marvel and fucking Michael Eisner and Bob uh-huh. Iger and Kevin Fiji, uh-huh. until they uh-huh. fucking recognize <laughs> what I'm saying and the point that I am making, uh-huh. they're not getting my 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 dollar. And phase six is going to fail with if I badmouth, if I continue to badmouth this, do they you think that they're gonna make it to phase seven? I don't think so. <laughs> I really want somebody it's, just to isolate. I, I, my hold on, crap. it is incredibly okay. simple to just uh-huh. put the letter S on all of the posters. And the title sequence. <laughs> ants man. Ants man. That's what he that's his deal. He controls <laughs> ants. Well now I have a question uh-huh. that you guys again, you guys Kevin had to do the research. I couldn't okay. do it to to pull okay. me out of the fire and demonstrate that I knew exactly yes, what I was researching. When you demonstrated I knew when I knew exactly what I was talking about position. when you did that. Uh-huh. I, I should have even said possibly you meant you ought to. It's just you're you just acknowledge <laughs> the truth of my words. So uh-huh. Ant Man when in in the early Ant Man episodes or when he was first introduced, some people uh, call Ant- them issues. Well, and that's part of the question. Okay, God damn it, was he always able to both get small and large, or did the ability to get large come later that after was he later. was already established as Ant Man? Because he that was and when then, he was Giant Man. He he couldn't get small yeah, anymore. So, he could only get giant for a while. Well, yeah, why did it default back then to Ant-Man if he could do both? Well, eventually he could do both, but, you know. it. Well, I don't even know about eventually, but I know back in the day, there was Ant-Man, and then he changed his character to become Giant-Man. It was all Hank Pym with his Pym right. particles. Right. Play, p- portrayed in the films by Michael Douglas. <laughs> and um, and then, I don't know, Scott Lang, the character that, that Paul Rudd, sexiest man of the year paul rudd plays he he was like another character so i don't know they've switched it up a whole bunch of times and i think for for continuity or i don't know for simplest 
I don't know why they did that. I don't know why Kevin Feige. I don't know why he decided to do that. If he's going to go against Canon, and if you're going to go against <laughs> Canon, do the right thing and name him Ants Man, which is what it, <laughs> oh, it's the only way. It's the only way it even makes sense. Like they named him Ant Man back then because it was like the 1960s and everyone was goddamn stoned out of their fucking minds on LSD. It's 2023, Ants Man. I just just want to let the listener know we're transitioning to a Marvel podcast. Clearly, well, uh, not at so this, this story rate. comes to yeah. so this story comes to us from the Guardian. Oh, what are they guarding? Of the galaxy. Every once in a while, there are reports in the media about law enforcement hiring a psychic to help with an investigation. But now this appears to be happening with an airline, specifically uh, specifically Bolivia's state airline called BOA has enlisted a pet psychic, or as they call it, an interspecies communicator to track down a lost cat after a passenger's pet went missing. Apparently, the cat named Tito was reported to have been lost by the owner after she landed in the Bolivian city of Tarhia. The psychic is working remotely from La Paz and sending her premonitions through WhatsApp. She said she has a sense Tito is alive, but so far there is no trace of the missing feline. A Brazilian vice minister for consumers also assured the public that, quote, the psychic said that she could talk to Tito to find out where he is, if he is afraid or hidden, or if something more serious has happened. Not surprisingly, the situation has nevertheless been controversial within Bolivia, where it has been attacked as a waste of taxpayer money, and outside Bolivia, where it was widely lambasted on social media, with one, tweet, with one person tweeting, quote, if the animal psychic actually finds Tito the cat... I'll eat my tweets. Why? Yes. Why would taxpayers be involved? Because the airline is paying for it, and the airline is owned by the Bolivian government. What's the airline called? Uh, they're called BOA. It's actually something well, like was it Body Odor Airlines? It's it is it's hard. <laughs> so I looked. I, I did a lot. I, <laughs> I did a lot of research into this, and it's like it's like Airlines Day Bolivia. <laughs> And then put the initials as though it were in English, which would still be Bolivia of Airlines, which doesn't also make any sense. Body odor airlines. Mm, not no, sir. No, everybody on the everybody on the air that that must stink. You want to wear a clothespin on your nose. Can we all agree Tito is a very good name for a cat and it's probably a very cute cat? Yeah. Okay. I like the name That's Tito. Fair. That would suck real bad to have your pet get lost, but I Oh, it's awful. Yeah. In fact, I wouldn't want to travel without, like, can I put the carrier, uh, sit it on my lap or something? Like, I don't know Dude, why. Cats have a very sensitive sense of smell. Maybe they can't handle it. That's why you knock them out with milk, like oh. B.A. Baracus. <laughs> you saying Mr. T is a cat? <laughs> That's what he was based on. B.A. Baracus is also a good name for a cat. Yeah, that would be a good name. I don't know pet psychics. I don't. Yeah, I they don't, don't. We don't. They don't cross paths with the more legitimate non-traditional investigatory tools that we employ. Yeah. Right. I don't know that we come across pet psychics that often. Well, there are any like theories as to what happened to the pet, to the, to no, Tito? that was one of the weird things is nobody seems to have any idea of where the cat ended up. I hope it didn't get in, uh, eaten by one of the snakes. Yeah. <laughs> have snakes there. Snakes on the, on the plane. 
that saying comes from somewhere. So yeah, always some truth I, to that. I came from Samuel L. Jackson's mouth. That's based on a true story. <laughs> I bet planes have all kinds of places. Well, okay. Uh-huh. Planes have a lot of places for cats to hide, but isn't the most likely thing that one, if we know Tito's a good name for a cat, and uh-huh. if you name a cat Tito, it's probably a cool cat. Yeah. Right. And if you're working baggage and you're having a bad day and you come across this super cool cat named Tito, maybe you take Tito home. Yeah. Shouldn't do it. Oh, I bet there's an award at this point. Well, They're paying a psychic. Maybe. You know, pet psychics aren't cheap, especially the ones that use uh, WhatsApp. That's, that's right. <laughs> Facebook's premier encrypted messaging service. I think the cat's probably in a better off place if it has an owner who believes that an airline is doing their due diligence by hiring a pet psychic. It doesn't it does almost feel like she was blown off to the point of uh-huh. a manager or somebody just is a kind of a dick move saying, Oh, we're doing everything we can. Look, yeah. we hired a pet psychic. We hired a psychic. <laughs> just yeah. to just to try to like rub it in her face that they lost her poor cat. We've been when mm-hmm. when the plane is parked, we turn on Puss in Boots <laughs> and hope that the cat will come out and watch it. Yeah, we just we run it on repeat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we we left a whole stack of fully formed fish skeletons. Yeah, sitting in the airport, and we had, the cat hasn't come to it yet. So right, we've done let me ask we you can, this man. question. This is this is once something I've never heard. Have there been any random? fires happening around Bolivia? <laughs> uh, you know, the article didn't didn't specify. There could be. Well, because Bolivia being a place that, I mean, let's face it, that's where the good cocaine comes from. Oh, well, that's... I, I thought that was Colombia. You can get, it's closer to Colombia than oh, okay. states. I'm sure there's a lot of cocaine tourism in Bolivia. Though. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, I mean, there's certain... Uh-huh. I would be I would be very interested to see if there's been a rash of places going ablaze uh-huh. for no mm-hmm. good reason or what, what are you saying? Like I it's a heat feel wave? like there's a connection there, but I don't know who would who would be involved in such a confluence of events. I got lost on the plane, bitches. <laughs> Is modern tap dancing po- popular in Bolivia? Again, the article doesn't say it could be. <laughs> Well, let's keep an eye on that. Let's keep an eye on okay. on on, right. on both on both like off Broadway style uh, uh-huh. cabaret song and dance and possible arson. Maybe some of our, of our Bolivian listeners could check in with us yeah. and let us know. So our next story comes to us from the CBC. Oh it's wait, the dude, uh, CBC that fucking place that fucking Fauci works for. No, that's the CDC. This is the Canadian Broadcasting Company. Okay. This is the Canadian Broadcasting Company. Oh, no, good, good. Uh, you're about to get he me all riled up. Fauci <laughs> doesn't work in Canada. Unfortunately, he doesn't work there. <laughs> Fortunately, he works here and ruins every day of my life. <laughs> He's ruining my life. I can tell. It's, you're just <laughs> living in rags over there. Well, if it's not Marvel with Ant-Man... It's Fauci, right, Mike? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if he had something to do with it. I would, I would not be surprised if him, him and Fauci. Think about it, Feige, Fauci, Feige, Fauci, Fauci, Feige. Start with the same letter. Wow, they sound pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, they sound pretty fucking. They sound pretty fucking shifty together. Right. 
That's so great. Talk about a Marvel team up, Feige and Fauci. <laughs> it wouldn't wouldn't Trudeau welcome Fauci with open arms? And then isn't that a match made? Don't don't Canadians do Canadians hate Trudeau? We have lots of Canadian Canadian listeners sound off. I have Canadian friends and I hear a little bit about it. I think that they're not happy, but they don't have good alternatives. Is you know? Well, you, you, so, are we talking about mm-hmm. Do- are we talking about Doonesbury? <laughs> yes. So it was a routine day at the Pacific Institution Prison in Abbotsford, British Columbia, Canada, when officers noticed something strange in the yard: a gray bird wearing what looked like a tiny backpack. According to one officer, it took quote a lengthy period of time unquote to corner the bird and capture it. But they finally removed its backpack and set it free only to find the backpack contained 30 grams of crystal meth. Yeah. Officials are still in (laughs) (laughs) officials. (laughs) Officials are still investigating the matter, but one expert said there are only two ways the pigeon got inside. The first is that someone threw the pigeon over the fence into the prison yard. And the second is that an inmate spent months training the pigeon to recognize the prison as its home. And then someone smuggled it outside, fastened the backpack to it and released it to return home to the prison. Apparently pigeons have been used to smuggle drugs across America, Europe, and Asia since at least 1930. But uh, since pigeons can't really carry that much, it was thought that this practice had pretty much died out decades ago until recently when it happened in Canada. You know, I know crystal meth isn't good for you and all, but there's sometimes you just have to admire ingenuity. I feel like the effort to train a pigeon to return to you and then smuggle it out would be a lot more, more difficult than somebody hurling a pigeon over a wall. But hurling a pigeon and hoping it got to the right person is also a lot of work, I feel like, or a lot of hope. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it didn't get to the right person, but it, it made it to the prison yard, which is pretty good. I, I mean, like, I kind of feel sad that they didn't get the... I know crystal meth is bad for you, but I'm kind of <laughs> bummed that... <laughs> They didn't get that crystal meth. I feel like that's got to be that's got to be very frustrating to get that close, right. and then and then have it all fall apart because I don't know why. Maybe somebody noticed that the bird had a backpack on. Oh, you know what? I bet I bet I know. I bet I know what that, that pigeon was. That that was one of the good feathers from Animaniacs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, underrated. That was one the of the good feathers. Good, I think. Was one of the good feathers. <laughs> I feel like they shouldn't have let. I, I feel like to solve oh, this mystery, all they needed to do was put an Apple AirTag in the backpack and send the pigeon back, but they just let it go. Well, I mean, it's fucking prison guards. It's not. I'm saying, I mean, like, I mean, it's the the fact the fact that they didn't just smash it with a hammer. <laughs> it shows like amazing restraint. <laughs> I mean, didn't you used to be in a band with a prison guard? Yeah, but he was like a juvie prison guard. Okay. And yeah, he and Pat is totally would have fucking smashed one of them with a hammer. Yeah. Uh, man. How many how many ounces was it? Thirty grams of that. I think that's like a quarter pound. I guarantee pound. you none of those kids were clever enough to to train a bird to fly around with crystal meth. Uh it is an ounce. That's not an insignificant amount. Oh of- yeah. I mean, I don't know based on volume. Have you guys ever done crystal meth? As an attorney, I'm not answering that question, but also no. Well, I have, and I <laughs> love it. <laughs> Does that explain the 
ant versus ants God man damn it, <laughs> no i've never i've never done crystal meth but um i'm sure it's delightful I think that's a real cute endeavor. Like you don't, you know, you really think of some dude with a bunch of face and neck tattoos with no shirt <laughs> on, real skinny, with a, uh -huh. maybe he's got a wife beater on or just no shirt at all, right? In a really, you know, sketchy, dimly lit room with a table with a big pile uh -huh. of powder and an AK forty-seven and maybe like a handgun <laughs> sitting there. And he's like, he's like, you know, weighing stuff and, and cooking up stuff. And then I like the image of, and there's like, you know, some ominous music. And then you just see him making a tiny little backpack for a, a little, <laughs> little birdie. Putting the backpack this, on him and stuff. This is the and, polite, the politeness that Canada, the polite twist Canada puts on everything, including crime. Yeah. What if Tito caught a, Ooh. A meth pigeon and OD'd. Yeah, that's oh, that no. possibility for sure. Or I don't know. Maybe I wonder what they'll do next. If maybe somebody, if at some point a mole, like a little mole, will come up through the dirt and it'll have a little backpack on. <laughs> will you have a helmet with a light on it? Yeah, a little helmet with a light and a backpack. <laughs> It'd be adorable. I don't know. There's somebody right now that's really bummed out in that prison. Oh yeah, somebody. Oh yeah, somebody came up with like a legitimately, you know, complicated plan, and it was thwarted, and they knew about it. They, because there's no way they didn't say who did this. Yeah, not that anybody was going to talk. Some some toothless Andy Dufresne. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you this real quick: if you were gonna if you were gonna smuggle contraband into a prison and you had access to all of the animals in the animal kingdom much like noah what animal would you use this and what would you smuggle in monkey okay wait any specific kind or just a general monkey like maybe like a what is it a macaque okay what, what what's the macaque smuggling oh um probably heroin <laughs> <laughs> wow bold choice you know, we've got hair and probably a needle or two, but I would use a monkey syringe. too, probably a gorilla, but he'd hop over and he would just have the alpha brain monkey mindset. <laughs> It'd be just like in the commercials I make where a gorilla hops over a prison yard and has a big bottle mm -hmm. and gives it to you. Wow. And then in a very gruff voice goes to get you straight, brother. <laughs> It's voiced by Hulk Hogan. Wow, oh, man. We need to make that available to the listener. Yeah, <laughs> just a gorilla with a giant uh -huh. bottle of pills. And he's saying, to mm -hmm. get you straight, brother. <laughs> God, if I could just devote my days to graphic design. I know. <laughs> I know. Did I ever tell you about the it's... guy who got mad because I posted for a Thanksgiving episode? I used computer generated AI to make a, a funny picture to post with that episode and somebody who doesn't follow the show, who's never listened to the show, who didn't follow us on social media, saw the picture and decided yeah. it was time to time to make his stand and call us out for ruining the lives of graphic designers everywhere who, by the way, we have a graphic designer. His name is Mike Tidwell. He's the finest tattoo artist in the greater Washington state area, the greater Pacific Northwest. And uh, we weren't taking food out of his mouth. No. He thought the picture was funny. I don't know, man. That whole, the AI art thing is tough. Yeah. Because there are just a mass grave of professions that have been destroyed by advances in technology over the past 50, 60, 100 years that no one really seems to 
care about. Yeah. But for some I mean, reason, don't get me wrong. As an attorney, I'm about two years away from AI taking over my job. About two years. Ah, no. Because I can. I don't get me wrong. I can write a like I can write a better contract than AI, but I can't write a cheaper contract than AI. Well, well I mean, I don't know about two years for that, but we are probably, you know, forty or fifty years away from AI taking over most jobs. Really, right? I think you mean Skynet. Well, I don't know about all that, but like there will be a lot of stuff where definitely like there will be people that are needed to direct the AI for a while, for quite some time. But at some point, like, uh-huh. yeah, we are probably at a disorder, some sort of singularity kind of sitch maybe, but sure. Well, have you read any of anything that that, what is it? Chat GPU? Is that what it's called? The- yeah, I've, I've, I've played around with it and like, Come up with some interesting stuff, but mostly come up with gibberish. I read an article and that some of it was written by. It is convincing. It was well done. Just like, I mean, I've done those quizzes with the art. I can't tell. And I'm not like, I'm not an artist. I'm an art critic. And I don't want artists to lose their jobs. Oh, we know. But it is... I can't tell the difference, and maybe I'm just that unsophisticated. And I don't know what it is, but it it depends it's, on it's your... It's a weird you, thing. You really have to work on customizing your inputs, but what I found at least in what it writes is that it I could definitely input what I wanted and make something that was a good basis for what I wanted to write. But I don't think I could just put in the inputs and actually have it produce something that was of the quality I wanted and no matter what I was writing. I can't put it input one of these episodes of INS, for example. It's just too oh, complicated. there's no way you could do that. We're too smart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No computer will ever beat me. You're a, a real John Henry type. Yeah, I'm a yeah. real John Hancock. <clears throat> there is like a, and there's, I think there will be people that are needed to direct the AI for a long time. And then it'll make like people actually making art. It'll make that art probably a lot more expensive. Well, did in the, here? Maybe this is a question that right. I don't know the answer to, but I think maybe it could relate to this. Could okay. drum machines have been around for a long time? Taking the jobs of hundreds and thousands of drummers. Well, I just, I mean, but seriously, I think drum machines are sophisticated enough that, like, don't they even, like, input slight variations so you don't get that this is too perfect vibe going? That, it, like, like, they're designed to mimic a human being it's not they're not even designed to be perfectly on beat they're designed to sound like a human's playing drums yeah uh-huh. and again i'm sure there's people who have way better ears than i do but i don't know that i could tell the difference but i also don't know that there's a giant dip in the drumming profession is that not a model for this or listen nobody was nobody was worried about there being less drummers in the world though. <laughs> <laughs> was... hey you know kevin I also think that if you're worried about your job being replaced, right. I think you're fortunate that most legislators in the in the U.S. have a, I think, have a legal background. Yeah, the, the majority would are, always ensure right. that if anything, your job would just get really, really easy. But there would they're they're going to ensure a human being is involved in the process. Like that's the thing is that most judges still require human eyes to, to pass through everything you know, licensed attorney eyes to pass through everything. So, I, you know, I do have some job security. I'm if sure the listener was concerned. That. They were probably about to stay. They were probably setting up a GoFundMe for you. To I'll make take sure your GoFundMe you, money, you though. Pro- Don't get me protected. wrong. I got a house payment. Yeah. I believe we have a new segment 
and get to know your podcast. October 14th, 1982 saw what was then the largest protest in video game history when a crowd of 200 to 300 Native Americans, feminists, and anti-porn activists gathered outside a trade show in New York to protest the offensive Atari 2600 game, Custer's Revenge. (laughs) Oh my God. Welcome to this episode of Getting to Know Your Podcast, uh, where we talk about stuff uh, that we are fluent with, but maybe... Maybe you might not not might not know about it, and this is something that's come up a couple times: porn video games. And we're gonna go right to the very beginning of the pornography in video games with uh, one of three games that came out uh, for the a line of adult video games for the Atari Twenty Six Hundred that Wait, were called. I, I, uh, I need to know: Were these licensed by Atari? Well, Atari had a very easy to get into code. So you could kind of just oh, make okay. stuff and put it up for Atari. Okay. But Atari didn't ap- approve it. Well, I don't know that Atari was there. There's a lot of leg- okay. legality and things get real weird because people have just been kind of trying to track down what happened with all this. Cause it was kind of just this weird blip, but there was this company that was like a shell company of a shell company that was called mm-hmm. mystique presents Swedish erotica awesome. that made wow. uh, three games. Uh, well, they, they make a couple more later on, but initially they had three games uh, for the Atari 2600. And I actually remember back in the day and I never heard about Custer's Revenge, uh, which is the main game that we're going to get to. But like, I remember seeing ads store. I think I think it was in comic books, uh-huh. and it was like ads for like big places, probably on the East Coast, where you could go buy video games, like Atari games. And there would be a little caveat in in the ad about these like kind of electronic superstores that you could probably mail order from too, that said, we do not sell any adult triple X Atari games. And I remember being so curious about that. I am curious yellow. I remember being so (laughs) bi curious about that, (laughs) but uh, it turns out that, yeah, there was a thing in 82 there is, and there's a long list of how these guys kind of their their companies where they came from but they came from a lot of like kind of boring legitimate business sources these two guys started this company called a american multiple industries which was where un, under which the mystique line was it was two guys uh-huh. Stuart keston and joel martin they'd done a bunch of stuff they, they were like in manufacturing they had a line of like cartridge containers like not video games Uh but like little containers to put your cartridges in or whatever because i think initially like you would get like you know now when you get like a a a playstation game it comes with like a dvd case like back in the day you get these atari games and they just came with like uh there was just like the cartridge inside like the cardboard paper and or the cardboard box they made like cartridge walls and like cartridge oh, like like cd racks and stuff like cd racks and okay. like and uh-huh. individualized kind of like clamshells but they were doing some market research on video games and they realized that one in three penthouse subscribers also owned an atari 2600 yeah, here we go <laughs> penthouse which was the first mainstream magazine to show ladies peeing really 
Wow. Did you know that? Yeah. I did not know I that. I didn't know that. Put yeah. that in your trivia notebook. Good Ooh. job, Mike. Was that at the Golden, same time? Like, Golden what is this, 82, 83? Uh, I think it was a little bit later when Penthouse started having okay. people having the ladies go pee-pee on everything. Um, but okay. they assembled a team, uh, five people, small team, five people in LA, 26 people in Asia, a couple people in Silicon Valley, kind of put together mm. a software company. And um, it's just, there's a, there's a lot to do about, uh, there's a, a lot of this is from a really good article called uh, Porno Hustlers of the Atari Age by oh, wow. Kate Willibert. She kind of talks about how this kind of company came together and they actually like teamed up with another group called CCC Caballero Control Corporation, which was known for a long running series called Swedish Erotica that it put out. It was mostly like uh, what they call them loops, porno loops, which were just like uh-huh. silent. Um, they called them loops because back in the day when you go see porn, uh, you go like porn theaters. Um, they would also have like these kind of, um, I know it's basically like a TV that you would put your eyes oh. into like an old school kinescope oh, yeah. and you would like turn a wheel or maybe like later they were electric and it would just, it would be like a girl dancing and it would just kind of right. play over and over. And the actual, the Swedish erotica series, uh, had a series of super eight films that were directed by Ed Wood, famous Ed Wood of plan nine from huh. outer space and stuff. Um, he kind of fell into kind of nudie porn but kind of soft core right, porn. right nothing nothing real right real crazy but towards the end of his he life read a lot of porn books too actually like but yeah he, he did a bunch of movies for the swedish erotica series um and like part of the reason and kind of when i said like i am curious yellow uh so sweden had this weird reputation back in the day for I don't know, just like overt sexuality. And a lot uh-huh. of the early like quote unquote porn movies were like, they were able to not people were, like theater owners were able to not get arrested by saying this is Swedish erotica, or this is like Swedish art or Swedish documentary. And it'd just be like nudists running around and stuff like that yeah. because right. you, could, you would, you would get arrested if you're actually showing people sucking and fucking. And one of the big ones um, in the early days was uh, that was real famous was called I am curious yellow in parentheses. Yellow would be important. And there's another, I think there's like three colors. It's like, I'm curious yeah. blue and I am curious red or something like that. So like a lot of early stuff back then, like you know, just putting anything as Swedish erotica made it like very like, Ooh, yeah. Um, ooh, la, la. Like uh, Sika, right? Uh, well, Seika wasn't Swedish. She was from... Was she not? No, no. She just looks, <laughs> she just looks very oh, Swedish. Oh, man. Well, that just changed a whole bunch of memories of mine. Well, she's so. still great. <laughs> yeah. Always wore a sash on her Way neck. Way to ruin Brian's 20s. Mm-hmm. Always wore oh, a sash on her neck. <laughs> But they, um, she, you know, they decided, you know, man, I got all these penthouse owners. We should, we should combo these two. This is like Reese's Pieces, two things that taste great that'll taste great together. And they started selling the idea and putting it together. They, they, they put out the idea. People were distributors were fighting for exclusive territories. And even though the games were going to be priced even higher than other games at the time, they were going to be 50 bucks a piece. Shit. In 1982, $139. Wow. In 2021. Can you imagine? But I mean, granted though, we're paying 80 bucks for a game. You didn't have anything to do back then either. Still. And you had a good union job probably. Which is crazy. It says that at, it says that 
back then games were typically launched at 30 bucks which is $84 now which is kind of what we're back to right now that's still insane yeah that being said I feel like they stayed about that high for a long time whereas now I feel like a new game's gonna drop in price at this six month mark and definitely at the year mark it'll be like half of whatever it, it opened at right 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 so they they had already talked to some porn people and they wanted to to make uh, some porn versions of the movies Talk Dirty to Me and Filthy Rich. A whole bunch of things get crazy. There's a, I'm not going to completely go into it. There's a there's a big convoluted thing about the, how they had to like change company names and do a bunch of stuff because one of the two dudes was connected to FHE, which is a family home entertainment that made like infomercial or not infomercial, but like infotainment on v- VHS tapes. And if you look at the logo, you'll remember it. It looks like a, like an old school, like writing thing with the little line in the middle and the bars for you to write between. And there's the letters F H E look like they're written in crayon. Um, uh. I'll send you guys a picture of it. When you, when you see it, you'll like, I don't remember what it's from, but I for sure remember the logo. But that was a big deal because somebody found out. And keep in mind, this is like at the time of there's like a lot of like anti-porn crusading and stuff going on and a lot of like very pearl clutching kind of people. And someone found out that one of them, you know, some guy on some levels connected to pornography and children's entertainment. So that was the whole thing. So they had to like obfuscate his name and kind of say he wasn't a part of it and move move stuff around and companies and yada yada but so they're they're getting everything together and they're going to do this big ad campaign and they start talking about the three games that they are going to make and the games are the first one is called bachelor party and it's just a rip off of atari's breakout where mm-hmm. if you remember breakout you're a little ball and you're bouncing uh you're bouncing and like breaking right. blocks you know and, this, paddle, and right? this is for the listeners that uh don't know the atari 2600 like to describe the graphics level as rudimentary is overselling it i mean it would, if you called it pixelated people would get the wrong idea about yeah, how good the graphics were exactly. they would think oh well you can make stuff out it was lines no. and squares like yeah, yeah the each each pixel each each pixel is about a half an inch rectangle mm-hmm. and everything is made up of these half inch rectangles with no color gradients you can't like within that half inch you cannot right. change the color it was a constant thing back then of like you'd look at these video games and and you'd look at the box artwork and it was just this amazing picture of this of this Frank Frazetta looking warrior <laughs> with a battle axe standing in front right. of you know a dead dragon with with you know arrows flying through the air and fire breathing dragons and you open up the game and like oh that the warrior that you're playing is just a square that moves around (laughs) and when you push a button it shoots out another square that's meant to be the arrow and the dragon is like you know four or five of those squares with a hole in the middle meant to be its eye and then it shoots yellow (laughs) dots at you it was just so bad so anyway Bachelor Party was a knockoff of Atari's Breakout, but instead of a bouncing ball that's going at a wall of bricks, you're bouncing a nude man at a wall of nude women, <laughs> which I don't know exactly what that looked like. And then there was another game, and this one is sounds very interesting to me. I would like to play. It's called Beat 'Em and Eat 'Em, 
And it was a crude interpretation of Activision's Kaboom, which was a game that you're a, you're a guy catching bombs. There's an evil bomber right. that's dropping bombs and you would have to catch him with a bucket. You were a bucket. Like you were just a bucket that was catching bombs. But in Beat 'em and Eat 'em, it's a, it's a, the villain was replaced by a nude man launching semen and you have to catch it in a nude woman's mouth. <laughs> Um, and some publications <laughs> refrain from describing the game, while others even refuse to print the name. That sounds like a good game, though. I mean, it sounds sounds challenging, perhaps, yeah, yeah. In, on a video game format. I mean, the original was pretty difficult to play, catching all those bombs. Well, yeah, but imagine if it was come. I know. Well, you know what they say, Mike. Yeah, they say that it's that if you it, if you get too much in there, you'll have to pump your stomach. <laughs> So, because are you playing so a woman sticky. or are you playing Rod Stewart in this game? You're playing a woman in that game, but oh, okay. I don't know. Maybe you could. Well, th- we'll we'll get to. There's some gender stuff in a little bit where they, okay. they kind of mix it up. But the game that caused all the controversy that I opened up with was called Custer's Revenge, where you're playing General George Armstrong Custer, a celebrated Civil War hero whose poor decision making in later battles with the Lakota resulted in a less than heroic death that was inexplicable Explicably mythologized as Custard's last stand. I said Custard's, but it was Custer's last stand. So in this game, um, Custer is still alive, but he's mostly nude, and he's got a very crudely rendered erection. <laughs> and on the opposite side of the screen is a Native American woman tied to a post. Oh, no. And your job is to guide Custer past various obstacles so he can reach the woman and get his titular revenge. Oh, no. Uh, So the Los Angeles Times did a story about it, and they're like, they didn't get the full story at first, and they thought it was like, oh, you're supposed to rescue the maiden, but they didn't really know that. So a lot of people didn't really know what the deal was with this at first, but then when when it started to come out what it was, it was, you know, a, a really a big deal like you're the get the copy for it was and the initial mm-hmm. copy was your general this is the copy on the back of the box your general uh-huh. custer your danders up your pistols waving you've had a hog tied you've hog tied a ravishing indian maiden and have a oh, chance no. to rewrite history and even settle up an old score now the indian maiden's hands may be tied but she's not about to take it lying down by george help is on the way and if you're to get revenge, you'll have to rise to the challenge and dodge a tribe of flying arrows and protect your flanks against some downright mean and prickly cactuses. But if you can stand pat and last past the stings and arrows, you can stand last. Remember, revenge is sweet. Every time old Custer makes a score, that challenging of the game gets more difficult. And then so, but then they changed it to try, like after all the, the initial run of um, protests, uh-huh. they're like, oh, no, no, no. You're not getting revenge through rape on, <laughs> on, on the woman. Uh-huh. Her name is revenge. So they changed the box text. So it says, you're General Custer, your dander's up, your pistol's waving. You've set your sights on a ravishing maiden named revenge. And then remember, revenge is sweet. Every time old Custer scores, he comes up smiling and right back for more. So, and the, the guy's like, the guys, they're getting all these complaints and they're, they, they try to, um, they have a couple quotes that they try to like downplay it. Um, they're like, uh-huh. there's no violence or no venereal disease. We just have entertainment in mind. One of them says, uh, I let my 11 year old son play the games. Oh, no. 
and my wife loves them too. Okay, so Joel Martin says, he goes, uh-huh. you know, he's seducing her. Okay, yeah, it's okay. There's He's seducing her, but she's a willing participant. Oh, no. <laughs> she's tied up. And then the other guy says, there's no rape or ravage scene in the video game. He does make an impression on the Indian girl, but you can see she's having a good time. A smile comes across her face. But obviously it's a problem and it's doing a lot of damage uh, to the, to the company, especially because they have the other games for, but it also, it also sells pretty well, you know, and it was one of those things, all the stores were like not carrying them, right? Like every store is pretty much seeing that. I'm sure some, somebody somewhere is, but for the most part, it's not. And Mystique has to put out a thing that says Mystique is not affiliated with the Atari company. This is not for sale to my minors. You must be 21 to order. So they put ads in penthouse and in every like old porn mag at the time. Yeah. They say like, you've heard about them. You've read about them. You can play them in the privacy of your own home. They have a great, a great tagline for, for these games. In these games, when you score, you score. Pretty clever. And and maybe I'm wrong, Mike, but I'm sure you're looking at some stills, but it seems especially crazy because the from from other Atari 2600 graphics I can picture in my head the only thing that makes these games pornographic is the description of the game right. right yeah like you could come up with another an entirely different story about what this is and say that's what the yeah. game is the erection and the flesh colored uh, tits on is the only thing to kind of kind of call that to attention they, I think they kind of give her a nipple color and the erection on Custer as he goes across. But the other thing too, is like people don't like Custer's revenge. Like it's not, it's not only is it, it's a dumb game. Like it's not a fun game that I I wouldn't have realized this before. Thank you. Well, I mean, you could see like the fact is kaboom is, is, you know, as far as games go was kind of fun. And so, this would be like, well, this is a funny version of that. And, you know, all these all these kind of anti-porn people are coming out against it when really the one thing that I will back these guys on and then they're like, uh-huh. these aren't really X-rated. These are just like naughty novelty. These are jokes. Right. And I, I will kind of back that. Like, I don't I can't imagine a world where anyone was actually getting horny playing any of these games. Oh, I, I was I thought you right. you were going to say you can't imagine a world where people were learning history from playing these games. Well, that either. I mean, <laughs> but they got obviously got tons of tons of heat, but they still sold and I don't know what's good and bad. There's some claims that initially they sold 75,000 copies, but it goes all the way up to 200,000 copies that they sold, but I don't really know what's good or bad, but Unfortunately, this is like 19, when did I say this was? 1980, yeah, 82. So the whole Atari game industry crashes around 85 anyway, 84, 85 with with The end uh, of 83, ET. actually. With ET, yeah, the yeah. end of 83. And a big reason why the game, the industry crashes was because people were putting out so many games and sellers, uh, distributors kind of sold the idea that there was going to be this really big year and there were so many games out that individual stores overbought and had this huge excess of games that they couldn't sell like et i mean i remember back in the day you go into we should do a whole episode on et but like the et video game kind of 
it didn't single-handedly, but it certainly had a big hand in crashing the entire video game industry yeah, because so many right. copies were oversold and it just they just sat around because the game was so shitty. But yeah, um, and then the retailers like stopped ordering the games entirely. Yeah. And so there was this whole like under like like a year later developers who had left Atari were getting contacted and going like they were going like hey could you could you make some Atari games again cuz we still have 30 million of these consoles out there and uh people yeah. actually want to play these we just don't have them in stores anymore because everybody liquidated their inventory they still had some games to come out before the whole industry went under and they came out with three more games but they did kind of a clever thing where the three games were and I never saw any other Atari games do this. So usually, uh, you know, there's the, I guess you would call it the, the, the open end of the Atari cartridge that you would stick into the console. And then the other end would just kind of say the name of the game on top of it. It would be, there would uh, be no opening. It would say the name of the, well, these, these cartridges had open ends on each side and there would be okay. two games on the on each cartridge but they were they were they were they were different versions of the same game and they were just gender swapped so there was a game called night on the town or if you flipped it around it was called lady in waiting and it involved rescuing your dear prince or princess who's being held captive in a castle tower there's you've got to build a bridge across a moat while dodging beasts and crocodiles and you're completely nude. <laughs> well, that's that's pretty fun. Very vulnerable. There was a game yeah. called either Burning Desire or Jungle Fever, which I just realized saying that last one out loud, how that might not have yeah, that, uh, gone yeah. over so well. Uh-huh. And that involved uh-huh. rescuing your dear damsel or male equivalent who's about to be burned on a flaming pyre by jungle natives. Oh, no. Uh, who uh, who the manual uh, carefully uh, only uh, ever refers to as the bad guys. Yeah, and you must put out... But this part seems fun. This part seems cool. Okay. You have to put out the flames while hanging nude from a helicopter so you can place your penis or breasts in their mouth for them to hold on to as you fly away. So that's pretty fun. I don't want anyone but, holding on to my penis while I'm... But have you ever played a game that does that before? I can't say that you, I have. You can't do that in, you can't do that in Animal Crossing. <laughs> well, I never played that one either. So I, I like know. Elden Ring, but you, there's at no point do I get to let someone hold on to my penis with their mouth okay. and yeah. fly uh, away. Well, I mean, you've, you've been playing it for like six months and you haven't finished it. Maybe... Maybe that's later in the game. That's true. He's enjoying, he's soaking all the fun out of the game. I think that's a, yeah. that's a good idea. And then there was another game, set of games called Cat House Blues and Gigolo, which was a stealthy game of memory. It opens with seven sex workers leaving prison. Great, great game. Memorize, and you got to memorize which house they go into so you can score with each of them without entering the wrong house while also avoiding the cops. You must also stop by the bank occasionally so you can pay the sex workers. But if you carry too much at once, a mugger will appear. Um, <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. I don't it sounds know like you, a public safety game, then, right? It's yeah, teaching it's you. It's a real. It's a real pay, right? Like, it's like a Pac-Man maze because I can see that as like a maze game where like you get. I don't okay. know. 
I can only see the the covers of these of these games. Okay. But uh, you know, the one that I think that anyone really remembers of any of this is Custer's Revenge. And okay. yeah, when you look at it and you can you can go and look up the gameplay on YouTube and it looks like the most boring game on the history of the planet. Like they I can't imagine wanting to have that game because it's not other than just the sheer audacity of how weird it is that, and you know, they kind of sold as novelty items, but they've kind of just since been, been lost to history as this thing that happened. And I want to do a follow up about uh-huh. other porn games because there's not many for a long time. Now, as I understand it, there's a whole bunch of flash games and I, I, I mean, I'll honestly say I have a little bit of experience with those because I'm one of the few people that's ever <laughs> I, I actually entered a championship, and I'm one of the few people. There's these, there's a couple games that say they dare you to play this for 30 seconds without coming, and oh wow, it took me a, right, it took right, me a long right. time. It took me right. a long time, but I actually was able to achieve that goal. That was kind of my big right thing for last year. That was my getting to the nationals for that <laughs> and playing that game on stage and lasting for, for a solid six minutes wow. was, you know, good for, for you. Yeah. Good for you. And there, I, I, and I, you know, I know I didn't come in first. I didn't win, but I do feel like that the guy that did win, I think that there's probably some, let's just say some performance enhancing stuff oh, I see. going on there. I th- I'm, I think I saw him snorting Lexapro, which as as a common side effect makes it so you can't. Um, I, I feel like the end of Madonna's Truth or Dare, recent Truth or Dare video should have ended with that dare instead of yeah. a dare to go on a world tour. That would have been. It does seem better. I dare you to watch this video. I dare you to play this game for 30 seconds without coming. Uh-huh. I, bet, I, bet, uh-huh. I, I Honestly, I don't even think Madonna could pull that off. Probably not. But uh, yeah, that is a little bit about uh, the, one of the first, if not the first, pornographic video games. Very nice. We're going to have to talk about Leisure Suit Larry. and Yeah. Like, there's a whole... Yeah, that's one of those things. Leather, the Leather yeah. Goddess of Phobos. Goddesses of Phobos? The next one of these is going to be a follow-up on some of the other Ooh. games. Nice. Oh, Very nice. nice. I can't wait till next week. Me neither. Nor can I. So, I think that wraps up another week of the International News Service. Find us across social media at International News Pod. Email us at internationalnewspod at gmail.com. I think I speak for all of us when I call on the Bolivian government to get a psychic to help Mike find his car keys. Check out the INS merch store at Red Bu- Redbubble and our Patreon. And don't forget to check out our subreddit at r slash INS pod. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the International News Service. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. INS, the news you need.